Welcome to On Scene First with Tracy Eldridge, powered by Rapid SOS. As a trusted public safety data partner and creators of the world's first emergency response data platform, Rapid SOS is sharing critical data with 911 to help first responders like myself get the information we need to save lives and property. To learn how you can become Rapid SOS ready and better protect the ones you love, visit rapidsos.com today. Now on with the show. I'm your host, Tracy Eldridge. I am wicked excited to highlight the latest and greatest must-have technology tools and mental health resources for public safety. Currently, I am the Public Safety Community Engagement Manager at Rapid SOS. With 24 years in public safety, I am truly honored to bring you entertaining, educational, and empowering conversations with public safety difference makers who are harnessing the power of new technology, out-of-the-box thinking, and mental health support services to save lives on both sides of the call. Hello, here we are with episode four, part two, where my guest is Mark Swiderski. Mark is the executive director of the Lake County Indiana 911 Center. If you haven't had a chance to listen to episode four, part one, hit pause and jump back and check that out. I enjoyed talking to Mark about his life-saving efforts recently because he happened to be in the right place at the right time. And here in episode two, we're going to pick up and talk about how his team is utilizing and embracing new technology, such as the Rapid SOS portal, and how it worked out for them during some recent storms that, that tore through their jurisdiction, and the importance of getting involved with APCO and NINA, some international associations to help benefit your career. So let's get started. As I'm, as I'm watching Facebook again, I, I see a, a post that you send out first giving kudos to your staff. And I love to see that, right? Because we can say, you can say good job as you walk by your folks. But when you put it out there publicly, like they did an amazing job, I see the post you put out about the storms that came through your area. Uh, was it last week, week before the days are all running together? Um, but tell me a little bit about those storms that that came rolling through. How long? I don't even think you were home 10 minutes and all of this stuff is happening, right? So give me a little backstory about coming home from vacation on this crazy ride, no pun intended, from Disney World. But tell me, tell me about those storms that came through. All right. There was a pretty significant storm pattern that went through Iowa, through then through Illinois, and then right to us in Indiana. We have about 500,000 residents. I explain all that because it may make a little more sense to the stats <laughs> I'm about to tell you. <laughs> this, this storm pattern was significant. It went through Iowa. It created some tornadoes in the northern part of uh, Illinois, and then it comes through us. And I don't know if it was also a coronavirus effect or whatnot, people being home more than they would be normally. But uh, from 4 p.m. To, to 5 p.m., that uh, it was uh, last Monday, so it would have been the 10th of August here, we had uh, our, our high for calls in an hour was 395 in an hour. So, you know, there are some people that are listening to this going, that's nothing. There are other people that are going to be like, wait, that's what we get in a day. Um, that's what we got we in have six on months where I was. <laughs> Yeah, so so I, let me let me give you a profile on our center. Our center has uh, we should have 105 telecommunicators. I say should because 
think all of us are struggling with finding the right people to fulfill that, that calling. Yeah. And um, we have anywhere from eight to 10 call takers on any given time. Probably that time of the day, 4 p.m., we should have had anywhere about eight, eight to 10 call takers. And then we have 14 uh, trained dispatchers for our, our dispatch profile. So like I said, we'll have anywhere from 22 to 26 people in a room. I don't know the exact amount of people in that room because it kind of changed as the day progressed between staffing and then myself and our, the deputy directors coming in. But we get we start getting some phone calls. And in that time frame, I said 395 was our highest before that. It was uh, 1,784 calls in that hour. In that wow. hour. One hour, 1,784 calls. Wow. So more than four and a half, about four and a half times the normal rate or the highest rate we'd ever had. And we average about 100 to 150 calls an hour on on a normal day. So uh, there was a lot that happened to that. The local energy provider had issues with their ability to be able to report outages online and uh, via the phone where some recordings would say, if you have an emergency, you know, understand that if you have an emergency, please call 911. Well, we all know that everyone that loses their power thinks that that's, that's an, an emergency, emergency and we're going to call 911. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we had 1,784 calls that hour. And then the next hour, because it was a very large storm pattern, we had another 958-ish calls. So those two hours alone shattered the entire platform of what we're normally used to on a, on a day-to-day wow. basis. That's that those are some very, very powerful statistics. Um, so I am going to just point out a couple of things that I know um, about the technology that you have in your 911 center. And I want to share with folks because at Rapid SOS, we provide some pretty cool technology and, and stuff that folks were a little apprehensive about, didn't really trust that it was going to do what it said it did. Um, and, and I don't even know way back when, like, like you and I connected a couple few years, couple years ago, a few years ago. Um, and I know that you were one of the folks that was really good at embracing new technology. So the first question I want to ask you there is, um, if, if you were talking to somebody who, you know, really didn't want to kind of roll out new technology or was apprehensive, or they were the person that was like, no, nah, I'm just going to wait for other people to do it. What was the first thing? So, so if you remember, when did you start hearing about the technology that Rapid SOS had to provide to you guys? So uh, I think social media is a curse, but it's also a great thing. Yep. Um, I like to, you know, go through social media, either see what some of our colleagues are doing or honestly, just, you know, APCO, Nina, some of the other uh, um, associations, I think they're very important and people that aren't involved should really start getting involved in those. The networking that you can do from there is just amazing. But I remember when I first took this position here in Lake County, so we consolidated about a year before I got here. We were understaffed by 33 people. It was, it was a challenge to yeah. say the least. I would go to some public meetings at some of the, the towns and cities and they they were not nice to me. Uh, they said, I don't understand what consolidation is. Why should we be doing this? And that was a state mandate. It wasn't a choice by this. Right, right. 500,000 residents and people used to having their own dispatcher in their own area. You know, you talked about it being on your own when you were there. And I remember when I was at Hazelcrest too, we knew the area like the back of our hand for those yep. areas. 
that can't be a thing with consolidation. It, it just, it legitimately can't. For anybody that tries to say that their staff can remember that, you're doing them a disservice. Because right. no human being can remember every nook and cranny. So I remember vividly in one council meeting, somebody turns to me and they say, well, my dispatchers knew where the big red barn was. How can you ensure that I'll know where the big red barn is? I'm on, you know, I can share my location with my friends when I go to a Bears game and they know exactly where I'm at. Why don't yeah. you have that technology? And I remember, I, I want to say John Oliver's skit had just happened or it was oh, going to yeah. happen. And I remember, I remember saying to somebody, and it's funny that I, I don't, I cannot recall if I got it from there or not. I said, well, here's the deal. Domino's? Because he says, well, you know, Domino's knows where I'm at when I order a pizza. And I go, yeah, but if Domino's gets it right, they're just going to have to send you another $5 crappy pizza. No offense <laughs> to anybody that likes Domino's, but it's a $5 pizza. Yeah, yeah. And I'm from Chicago. Pizza's a thing here. So we, um, I go to him and I say, if we mess up your address, that's millions of dollars. And I don't have a single person yet willing to put their money where their mouth is yeah. and telling us where that location is. And um, I took a little flack from that. Uh, I'm a guy who kind of says what everybody else is thinking sometimes, foot in mouth syndrome, but um, it served me well too. People know I'm a straight shooter. I'm going to tell them like it is. Yeah. Sugarcoat things as, as well as maybe I could. I wish I could do that. But, I'm going to have to take some lessons from you because I'm, I'm a sugarcoater and not doing that. It, it's all about the time and the place. But as far as, um, you know, adopting new technology, I am also a guy that weighs things, um, the pros and cons, you know, we do the pros and cons, all of us do, whether it's in our head or on a list. And there are times where I do not want to be the beta. You know, the, the, the guinea pig, if you will, yeah. especially like my CAD system, my phone system. I'm very hesitant on that because there's going to be bugs. And with the amount of calls that we receive, how many bugs is that? It's a plus is it a negative. You're going to get a lot of calls, so you may see the bugs so they can fix them. But if it's a bug that costs somebody their life, I, I have a hard time accepting that. Yeah. So when I started hearing about rapid SOS, um, you know, we, we, uh, we signed up with smart 911. I think that that profile, um, that, that idea is amazing because when we started 911, most people called on landlines. You didn't have right. a crapshoot of possibly where they're at. Let's throw a dart on a wall. And, you know, the FCC, you know, I, I tell people this, I go, the FCC regulated back in uh, 15 and 16, that it was a uh, 50%, 40% accuracy. So four out of 10, four out of 10 times when you called 911, we're going to get it right. Now, yes, that's, you know, putting everything with rural, with urban, and maybe we're higher than that, but I didn't like those odds. And every year they've gone up a little bit, but you know, what, what can we put in the toolbox for our telecommunicators to provide them better data and to give them the opportunity of not being frustrated? Because when we get frustrated, we start losing our way a little bit. Yep, so is there something out there? So uh, I remember, I, I believe it was APCO, where were we at? I know Facebook just kind of told me about it a couple of days ago, <laughs> but I remember we were at APCO and I come to you and I say, I want to be integrated with Smart 911. Yeah. Um, I think that it's very important because that's something that's just laced into our system. We don't even have to log into another thing. It's there for our people and it's all in one place as opposed to looking at the 17 different screens that we have. So that's something I really want to have happen. And then, you know, you were gracious to get me in touch with the people that I needed to. And, and we got that in place and we've seen some really good results from that. But then, um, you know, as I said, I, I like hearing about new things and mm -hmm. kind of weighing out if it's a good thing or a bad thing. So my deputy director comes to me, CJ, and he says, I really like the portal view. And I said, okay, sell me on it. What do we got? Right, goes, right. There are some amazing pieces to it that we don't have with integration. And I said, oh, that's cool. Tell me about them. And he said, you know, one of the, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's more data. It's not that it's 
that it's different data, it's more data. So if you look at rapid SOS's integration to the portal, they're gonna show us the same data from what Smart 911 can give us. But the portal gives us so much more. And one of the new features that's really gonna benefit us is showing what language is on the handset. You know, what language do they pick? Because yeah, Spanish is an easier one for us to, to decipher. But I mean, when you start talking about some of those, you know, European, um, languages or, or some of the Middle Eastern languages, it's really hard to decipher what those yeah. are. So if that, if that handset can tell us what languages they picked, when we pick our language translation services, it's going to make it an easier transition, less frustration. So we get so frustrated in life. We get so frustrated on the job between the calls and our coworkers and our, you know, maybe even life outside of the job because, you know, everybody can just leave it at home. That's so easy to say. What can we do to make our, our lives easier for our telecommunicators, for ourselves, honestly, for litigation too, you know, yeah. we were able to provide that information. Um, I know that there was a, a story uh, out of Illinois. Um, one of the instructors was here uh, providing us a class and he told me about a, a story that happened that day or the day before where the rapid SOS integration, somebody had called about a domestic. Officers are en route and the call taker realizes that the call, is the, the rapid SOS information is providing them at the next door. The, the location next door, which just, yes, it, for a lot of us, that's like, yeah, well, that's every one of our 911 screens. If right. you have the portal, if you have the integration, it gives you location data up to six meters. It's amazing how accurate it is too. It isn't just, you know, triangulation and stuff like that. It's getting the information off the head handset that we never got before. So he tells us that the officers kind of just, the way that they um, entered the location, they did it in a way that they, they weren't sure which location to get to. As they park their vehicle, the, the, other, the, the other caller drives into the squad car. Like, it was a setup. He was oh, setting wow. them up to do something to them. And he said, you know, if it wasn't for that data, that officer may not have walked away from that because his vehicle would have been in a different position than it was because of the information they were able to provide. So between those types of stories, the stories with Smart 911 being able to provide location data and, and accurate data from the, um, you know, from the caller from the uh, – the account that they create, all of that's so important to us because I, I make this joke. I say, we're like realtors. The number one thing to us is location, 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 location. Yeah. We have to know that. We can know where all we want, I mean, what all we want, but until we know where to send them. And those moving target calls, you know, the moving calls are so hard for us to decipher and get somebody to. And that's where we get frustration. You know, I'll read those stories. You know, I waited 40 minutes on the phone because the, they couldn't find where we were at. For anybody that isn't using this, because it's free 99. For those of you that didn't hear that, it's free. Okay. <laughs> free 99. I Use love it. that. It yeah. is. It, it, there's no reason not to integrate it. Right. So, there, so there's a couple of things. So you, you reference the actual moving target. So um, we love our integration partners. There, there's no question about it. The fact that it's in the existing equipment, it's part of their workflow. It can be easily documented. Um, but as you mentioned, there are some things that the rapid SOS portal provides that an integration may not provide. Now, some of our folks are very forward thinking and they're putting the portal actually inside their equipment. So integrated rapid portal allows for that too. Um, but to be able to have things updated so quickly, knowing that we are able to get um, the data very quickly, like very quickly, um, from when we first rolled out the Rapid SOS portal, what we started seeing was like this data hitting the clearinghouse and 
us having it and and there was kind of a delay before, between the time that we would get it and, and it was being queried. Well, because it hadn't, the call hadn't got to the 9-1 center yet, right? So being able to see those those kind of significant differences, our wicked smart folks, that's what I call them, all the, you know, the engineers and, and the product folks and the design and all of those that make this happen behind the scenes. Um, I, I remember them coming to us and saying, if we're getting this data, you know, almost a minute at times, maybe even two minutes before they're even querying it or the system's querying it, why are we not just pushing this to them when we get it? And those of us on the public safety team who have spent so much time, you know, doing the job, there's so many of us, we were all like, yes, yes. Why are we not pushing it to them? Um, so I know that um, I knew you were a forward thinker. I wanted to get some folks, some of our partner folks to come see you and, you know, you show them. And then I'm like, dude, I need you to sign up for this portal. Get this portal. You were like, we're already in the ball is rolling. And um, so you put the portal in, you see those benefits, the moving target, getting a location, like literally every few seconds. Like that is the difference between getting off the highway, staying on the highway, a kidnapping victim, a domestic violence situation. Like we know the magnitude of that if you've been in this job for 10 minutes, but then there's jurisdiction view. Jurisdiction view starts to roll out and I am blown away. There are benefits to jurisdiction view that I, I was just, when I made a test call with jurisdiction view for the first time in a center, I literally dialed the phone and hit send in speaker. And the location of that call was on the screen before the phone even started ringing on my handset. What, what is the benefit that you guys have seen with the portal? And then I kind of want to bring it back to the storms as well. Like this is kind of where I was leading with this, but what are your folks thinking about this jurisdiction view, being able to see the calls in the center a lot of times before they even get there? You know, they like it. I think um, it's newer, so it does take a bit of change for those yeah. that, you know, I know there are probably people listening to this going, yeah, but if it isn't broke, why fix it? Right. Maybe it's not broken because you haven't had an incident, but it's broken when you have to hit refresh on your call on, on your um, CPE equipment to get the right location. You know, how many of them still show up wireless and you got to hit it to wireless to phase two. And even that's not a hundred percent. Well, and you can only do the that every, and you can only do that every 30 seconds too. Right. Like yeah. that's it. Yeah. And 30 seconds. Isn't going to tell you they just got off the highway. No, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a lag and a delay and it's still not getting all of the information. It's gotten better throughout yep, the years, it but has. it's still not as pinpoint accurate getting the information off the handset the way that I've seen it with the rapid SOS uh, portal. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, so you talked about the, the language that's going to be coming out. We're also delivering um, medical alert data. We have an emergency profile database that is being built with the American Heart Association and um, the American Red Cross. And, and I know folks get a little bit nervous about all being inundated with, with all of this data. And we, we truly know, I, you know, I want folks to know that are listening that, you know, we're not just looking for 
any data to send to folks. We we take the information that folks want to send to us, um, and we sort through it: what's relevant, what's not, and you know we don't we don't want to inundate them. Um, if you were to have a conversation, because there are still folks out there, you know, some of the things that blow me away is there are a still folks out there that um, have have just not signed up for the free product um, because they're just content or, or for whatever reason. Um, and then there are folks that actually have access to the portal, but they're not utilizing it on a regular basis. And you said a huge word, liability, right? So if if you were to have a coffee with a, a 9-1 director that was like, yeah, we have it, but we're not really using it, or um, they don't see the value in updating to the the jurisdiction view, what, what would you kind of say to them to, to get them to understand that, that this is a good idea and we're not just looking to sell you a free product, if you will? So I, I think there's a couple different ways to, to go about that. The first one, like you said, liability. Um, if, even if there was a cost to it, you could have the conversation that how much would a lawsuit cost you if you got the wrong location? Ah, but I'll go a little further. We talked about frustration on the staff and we've also discussed the short staffing in our industry. Yeah. What if providing that uh, equipment or the, that software gives somebody a little more hope that, you know, they're not going to feel as helpless about certain things. Cause we get that feeling oh. of helpless every now and then. Absolutely. And if we can, if we can stop a couple of your people from quitting on the desk at your center how much money does that save you in the long run? Between wow. training, overtime. It, it, the reason we have to think about these types of products and to move forward, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, video is going to be a thing. There's still text to 911 in certain areas. You know, we're very fortunate. Our state is text to 911 for the entire state. And a lot of other states are moving that way, which is great. But, you know, we have to be forward thinking because if we don't, we go backwards. Yep. And if you don't continue to try to move forward, and I'm not saying you jump through everything, you got to be able to make those decisions yourself. You got to be able to understand whether or not they're good fits for you. But a piece of equipment that gives me better location data that's very minimally invasive. I mean, honestly, it's about logging into the portal and then it's there. And then other than that, you can see everybody else's calls. There, it's not uh, even the training for the for the person sitting at the desk is not expensive for the people that are like well it's going to cost a lot of money to train it's not right, it's really not right. and, and some of that information is provided so that's also a good thing i i just i don't know why people wouldn't if you're a rural area where maybe money is a thing and your cpe equipment is starting to get up there in age this is something that can absolutely reinvent your ability to take calls absolutely reinvent it and if it's somebody who has the portal but has chosen not to utilize it properly, take a look and see exactly why that is. Is it something in the in your center that you're afraid that adding a new piece of the puzzle may cause some more frustration to people? It might. There are people that have been doing this 20, 30 years, punching um, time clocks <laughs> that are all going to say, this isn't what I signed up for. Right. You're right, but we're more of a fusion center now than we ever have been. Right, and we right. need to continue to move forward. 
Yeah, I, th I think that's a that's an awesome way to put it. And I didn't even think of like, there's a lot of things that I do think of, but thinking about the ramifications of the folks, uh, there, there are three calls in my career that I probably would have given a year salary to have had the actual location of the caller before it was too late. Um, so, and, and everybody knows I'm a huge fan of, of mental health, but I think too, um, a lot of it has to do with, you know, we're, we're in, so there's what, 6,000 ish 911 centers across the country. And we have some form of, uh, the ability to query the, the rapid SOS emergency data platform, um, in, in just over 5,000 of those 6,091 centers. So that in and of itself speaks volumes. Um, but there are folks like say our data partners that want to send data to 911 and they will always ask that question. Well, okay, if you're in that many, what about the last thousand? ish, right? And I always try to explain it's time, it's resources, getting folks out there. But what I also know is a huge role gets played in the folks that have the ability to attend conferences that are involved on a national level with the 9-1 stuff. And this is just a perfect place to kind of migrate over to kind of the last piece of the conversation that I wanted to have with you is um, you are the current APCO president for Indiana at this time, correct? I am. Yep. And you also have the designation of ENP after your name, um, emergency number professional, the, the NINA designation. Um, I want to talk a little bit about why you think it's important for folks to be involved at the national level. And, I, and I'm saying national level, not necessarily national level, like getting to be the, the president of National Nino or the national APCO kind of levels, but getting involved with these well-known national organizations. Why, why if, if I was new to dispatch and you had the opportunity to get me involved today, what, what would you tell me? Uh, my, my previous boss, probably the one thing she instilled with me more than anything else was the importance of networking, because trying to reinvent the wheel will drive you nuts. And there are so many other people that have dealt with some of the same problems we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And having that outlet and that ability to network and ask questions to one another is absolutely priceless. Now, you know, for those that have said, well, you know, it costs too much to go to the conference, the networking that you get at these conferences is more valuable than almost any other part of that conference, in my opinion. You, you touched on EMP. Uh, I've actually harped on a few people about EMP. I said it's very important to me. Uh, I think it's important to um, to this profession. You know, for those that are wondering, you know, EMP, I, just, I don't understand the big deal about it. I, I, I'd say it like this, and I'm paraphrasing and understand that maybe it, it isn't going to resonate with everybody the same way, but lawyers have to take a bar exam to explain and show yes. that they understand law. To me, ENP is a test. And I know there are a lot of people out there that go, yeah, but I'm really bad at tests. <laughs> I promise you, if you've been doing this 10, 15 years, most of the stuff, especially at a high level, most of the stuff that you're going to be quizzed on, you know, you're just not confident enough in yourself. Right. And there are work groups out there. I know that there's a I believe Colorado did a work group a couple of years ago yep. and it's helped out numerous people for that. Now, some of the information's gotten dated. We get that because the world changes, legislation changes, and you know, it tests you on so many different things. Sometimes it's the call process and equipment to leadership, to um, legislation. It's so many different things. And if you have that, it, it's not to say that if you don't have it, you're not smart or you're not educated in the, um, in the field, but 
you have ENP after your name, it shows that you put in the work, you understand um, the profession, and it, it just, to me, it shows a dedication that, uh, that some just haven't been able to show. Yeah, and and so it, it's funny that you say that because a lot of us on our team at Rapid SOS have been talking about we're all going to try to take that test in in October. So that's that's our goal. We're home. There's no excuses. EMP Nina EMP isn't the only like designation, right? So we know that APCO has um, the RPL. Um, there is also uh, like different classes such as the um, CMCP, the, you know, getting your CPE, that class. Um, and I took the CCM class, the comm center managers class for the international academies. I, I only had that one opportunity for one of these management type professional classes where you could utilize, you know, the, the benefits from there. But I know that participating in the CCM class back in two, 2016, life-changing relationships, networking that beyond belief, lessons learned. Like that is where I learned about EMDR, which ultimately saved my life with my battle with PTSD. Disc profile, that's where I first learned about disc profile. And at the time when I took those classes, I didn't have the bandwidth to process and understand it because I was going through some major changes and getting ready to leave my center and wasn't sure and wasn't emotionally ready. But when I was ready, I tapped into those resources, went back in that toolbox that you talked about, right? You talked about the toolbox and having those things available. Um, do you feel the same way about those classes? What, which, which of the classes have you, have you had the opportunity to take and do you feel the same? Uh, I do feel the same. So I've been fortunate. Um, I have taken RPL. I have taken CMCT, the Center Manager Certification Program. I've taken CTE and I have my EMP. The only one I don't have is CCM. And between getting a, finally getting my degree at the age of, uh, I'm not going to say mate, but uh, a couple of years ago, I, I made a deal with my daughter. I graduated college before she graduated kindergarten. And I made that deal. Awesome. But, um, you know, uh, I think that, uh, I think you're right about the bandwidth thing. And sometimes we spread ourselves too thin. Taking on too much at once becomes a problem. Uh, you talked about the the networking and the um, the relationships you built. I, I mean, just today, I'm I'm actually going through my phone right now, and my uh, my CPE five, the best CPE class ever, uh, <laughs> CPE five group. Uh, uh, there's gonna be some amazing. folks that are gonna disagree with you on that. I'm pretty confident. <laughs> I'm I'm sure that that is what it's going to be the case. But um, I mean, just today, since. About eight o'clock this morning, I'm reading at least 13 texts between the three, between the group of us. It, it, it's just really good to know that you have a supporting cast there that, that you can rely on to, you know, kind of maybe vent because that's probably one of our biggest problems yeah. is that, you know, we vent the wrong direction or we vent to the wrong people. Like even my wife, I love my wife, but my wife's not going to understand the, the trials and tribulations of uh, organization just like this, just like I wouldn't understand it if she starts complaining about her profession. Right. To a right. point we all do, but you, you don't get it. It's just going to bounce these ideas off each other. So, you know, what I've been able to understand, to, to say from these, these classes that I've been fortunate to take is uh, RPL, the Registered Public Safety Leader, is an amazing course that I think is really designed more towards supervision now. So if you're, you know, if you're trying to become a supervisor or moving up the ranks, I think that's a great it's a commitment, about a year long online. Uh, so those of you that are not good online course takers, understand you do have to put something into that. And what you put into it is what you're going to get out. If you're going in once a week, putting all your stuff in and then dialing back, you're not going to get as much into it. Right, right. Uh, much out of it. 
But um, I think registered public safety leader is an amazing course for those that are trying to move up the ranks. CMCP, I took that after I became a director and I kept saying to myself, man, I really wish I'd have had this beforehand. Yeah. And the amount of information they provide in five days is just astonishing to me. And I, I, I truly would recommend that any manager, any, any director, any leader that hasn't taken that yet, I recommend that because it's an amazing thing. I think they're in the 70s now in the course. So I think that's another thing. The Nina Apco thing and people maybe, you know, you either got to be one or the other. No, no you don't. You no, absolutely not. be a part not. of both. Yep. And you don't have to be a president or hold a, a board membership or, or um, a seat on any of the boards. You can be part of the work groups because those are really what get the work done. Yeah. Um, there's some people in my CPE class that are, uh, one of the individuals is going to be chairing the wellness uh, um, group for APCO. And I think that is just an absolutely important part to our entire profession. And to say that I'm, I know that person and uh, that I'm a part of that group just makes me feel better too. You may be able to find something here. Well, and I think that's what these groups are doing too, is they're changing it from, you know, having these standards and things. So just so you know, you, you know, two chairs of wellness committee. So I am actually one of the co-chairs for the Nina wellness committee. Um, and, you know, we are working, we're always working and, and I sat on some committees for APCO as well. And I think it is important that you made that distinction that it, you, you don't have to pick a side. First, Mark, I want to say thank you so much. I've loved this conversation. We touched on so many different things. Um, is there anything you want to share with the folks that might be listening? This can be a very fulfilling career in a many different ways. I, I know I have many friends that are um, still working the desk, and it's fulfilling in that way, too. It's more, I mean, it's amazingly fulfilling every day, yeah. just being able to deal with the stress. So don't, you know, if, if you know, I know that you and, you and Ryan, and Ryan have uh, discussed this a little bit, uh, you know, about leaving the center. I just had to speak to a few employees this week uh, and in the last seven days about whether or not this was for them. And a few of them were trainees and, and uh, I had somebody come to me and say, why didn't you talk them in the same? And I said, only they know whether or not this is for them. Yeah. I can give them some of the reasons why it can be fulfilling, but only they're going to be able to know whether or not they can sleep at night, deal with the stress and the rigors of the job. And in the last four months, what we've had to endure and witness, Ugh. I remember during some of the civil unrest, I was literally on the roof of our 911 center waiting for protesters to come because if, if anybody ever told me that I'd be doing that, I'd have said you were crazy. It, it's amazing how this has all changed, but it can be a very fulfilling and rewarding career. That is that is a great way to wrap up. Um, you said so many amazing things. Mark, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you and I look forward to working with you as, as we do, um, but take it easy. Stay safe and uh, let us know if you need anything. Thank you for having me. Again, it was a humbling experience. And um, thanks again. Thank you for listening. Make sure you join us next time for another episode of entertaining, educational, and empowering interviews with public safety difference makers. Please like and follow my Facebook and LinkedIn pages on Scene First with Tracy Eldridge so you too can keep up with my shenanigans. Thank you, heroes, from the bottom of my blessed heart. Stay safe, stay strong, and stay here. We need you. For more information on Rapid SOS and how you can get connected to the world's first emergency response data platform and better prepare and protect your family and communities, visit rapidsos.com and tell them Tracy sent you.